0: Stay tuned for The Lynn Show. Today, I'm airing the second part of my interview with musician, composer, educator, and philosopher, Stephen Miles. In part one of the interview, Stephen talks about his discovery of music, his determination to give his life to music, and the ironic way in which he pursued becoming not only the gifted musician he is, but also the so very knowledgeable musician he was able to become. Part one of the interview concludes with his talking about becoming part of the faculty of New College in Sarasota, where he clearly was meant to be, and my asking him about the creation of New Music, New College. Part two will begin with Stephen talking about the accident which led him to think about new and unique ways in which people could listen to music which led to the creation of New Music, New College, which is celebrating its 20th year. In this part of the interview, Stephen will also talk about his philosophy, his belief, that music can not only be pleasurable and move people, but can actually alter behavior, and his commitment to writing compositions which do, in fact, alter behavior. And in this interview, he will describe one such composition. So hang on, here comes the extraordinary Stephen Miles. Hearing from an inner
1: voice, finding choice where there's no choice, with gentle prodding from.
0: The Lin Show is about being the person you really are. Not the person you were supposed to be or have to be. Not the person somebody told you you had to be or even sometimes told you you were. Not even the person you may currently think you are, but the person you really are. Unfortunately, too many people have experiences in their childhood which discourage them from being who they really are discourage them from using all of the talents that are naturally theirs. In my show, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. I do that because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. And in this interview with Stephen Biles, it is glaringly apparent that Stephen is all the things that he is. And it is my hope that listening to Stephen will inspire you to ask yourself, are you all the things you really are? Here now is the second part of my interview with the extraordinary Stephen Miles.
2: So New Music, New College, um, really started in 1998. So this is our 20th anniversary year. It started, in a way, by accident. The Ringley Museum, uh, which you know is right next door to New College, they were presenting an exhibition of sculptures by Joseph Boyce. And one of the curators there knew that I had a strong background with music by John Cage. And Cage and Boyce were friends, he said, could you do something in the galleries with John Cage? So some students and people from the community and I presented um, an hour-long performance of John Cage's Songbooks, which um, these are solos, some of which would would seem like conventional music, but many of them are performance pieces and uh, electronically processed and so forth. There were uh, five soloists, and each of the five soloists uh, performed an hour-long recital simultaneously.
0: Tell them, going on in different rooms?
2: I had um, analyzed the voice exhibition thematically and had parallels or, or resonance with the cage and so each person who had their solos, they would go to different points in the in the galleries right. where that piece would have some kind of play. This meant there wasn't a strict division between the performer's space and the audience space. The, the audience could follow one performer around, as it, he or she sang, um, or they could stay in one location, and, or they could chart their own course, they could even come leave and come back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And over the course of an hour, what we found was that the audience gradually realized that they were also part of the performance. performance right? And so you saw this kind of consciousness developing. One of the things we learned from that, that I think um, is one of the reasons why it led to New Music New College, is that it's very important to try to match a presentational structure with a compositional or an aesthetic structure. So Cage's music you know, is indeterminate, uses chants. If you perform the songbooks in an auditorium where everyone's sitting in their seats facing the same direction, you're taking indeterminate music and putting it in a highly determined setting. space. Mm-hmm. And people think that they don't like the music, but part of what they don't like is, is the dissonance wrong? between the two, but yeah. they don't necessarily know that that's what it is. They just feel trapped. But what we found is when we released the audience, mm-hmm. basically experience it more as the piece is composed, they really loved it. And um, it was a big hit. And uh, Ina Schnell, who has been one of Sarasota's uh, foremost supporters of all art contemporary, approached me. It was clear that she thought what we were doing was really important. We went back to the Ringling Museum for another uh, performance uh, with an exhibition the following spring, where again, we were performing in the galleries and the music that we performed um, had resonance with the works that were being done. We gave other performances over a period of years, usually one or two a year with students. A lot of it was experimental music. And then uh, we started the five concert series that we still have in 2006 because I was doing experimental music with students, m- much more to contemporary music than experimental music. We would bring in guest artists three times a year to offer both the students and our, the community a much broader swath of contemporary music. The students are usually pre- prepared to do something in kind of early November and usually sometime in February after the January break. So we bring in guest artists in the early fall, in January, and in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been doing that since 2006. But the shift towards experimental music, which when you think about how everything that I did was preparing, <laughs> yep. you know with this grounding tradition. Now, I, my students are all grounded in tradition. I mean, we don't just do experimental music. I mean, they all do the same kind of thing that I asked, that I forced myself to do. What I realized after I came to New College, for the first several years here, I was I came from this high-powered doctoral program, and my music was being played by these virtuoso performers elsewhere. But I had students who were not yeah. conservatory students. Yeah. These were really, really smart students, but they weren't necessarily. Trained musically to do the kind of thing that I was writing exactly. (laughs) But experimental music, music by Cage and and uh, and eventually my music and music of other composers, um, offered the kind of intellectual and uh, aesthetic pleasure uh, of exploration. They would try anything. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But they were so open-minded, and they could be very, very disciplined. Mm-hmm. So um, experimental music uh, really became the focus for me, and that's, now it's, it's definitely what, what I do. So it's kind of ironic, you know, that um, I went through all of this extra emphasis on tradition, but I think that part of what one learns from that is that not only is tradition fluid, but that we, we make a mistake when we treat the traditions. As either static or as as having this ultimate value, like you know, what we love, Mozart. Mozart was great, wonderful. I love Mozart, love Beethoven, love Brahms, all of them. But the whole character of Western art, not just Western music, but Western visual art, is what you could call increased uh, reflexivity. That is, um, style changes in part because people become aware of other possibilities and they begin to want to explore those possibilities. So we have a notion of style and of tradition that is artificially static. It never really was static, but it's always changing. The image that I offer students sometimes is the image of Penelope from the Odyssey, you know, that Penelope's left back, you know. Yes, uh, right. And, and she's um, all these suitors she, who yes, right, her Yes, right, and she's, she's weaving. She's weaving, right, right. right. but no, but the way she keeps the suitors at bay is she weaves the garment in the day, but then she unweaves she it She unweaves it, it. she
0: never finishes. She
2: never finishes. it. Right. So what I tell students is that that's the kind of spirit that you need to uh, cultivate About music, that you you learn the tradition, but you also learn to unweave that as well. You 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 need to do both. To me, that's this idea of paradox that we both know and don't know at the same time. Well,
0: that and that you don't end right. You know, and I imagine that that is challenging for a lot of people.
2: Well, but you know, it's that it doesn't resolve. That's true. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but life doesn't either. No, and.
0: While you're talking, I'm thinking about jazz, mm-hmm.
2: which oh, is, sure. is the Absolutely. quintessential example Absolutely. of what you're
0: talking about, Absolutely. right? Yeah, you have but, the basic, but you keep changing it. You can be improving it.
2: Well, right? and um, actually, there's a psychoanalytic tradition that I'm very, very interested in, and it certainly has a lot of. Uh, I've been influenced by in my own work, uh, which is object relations, Donald so ah. Winnicott. The, the emphasis on on the role of play. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of the potential space um, and, um, uh, and well, a holding environment. So when you say that can be kind of stressful, not having things resolved, one of the things that we try to do with New Music New College um, is to um, think of every performance um, as a, a complete experience. right? That yes, music is the focus of it, But uh, just like with that example from John Cage, you can present the music in a way that can lead to an immersion in the music and a memorable experience, a transformational experience, or you can present it in such a way that nothing happens, right? right? So we're always asking, what's the best way for us to frame this particular work that we're performing or this particular performance? What kind of tensions are created and how can we account for those? in the way that we present. So an example of this, and this is pretty much typical of New Music, New College, Schoenberg's Pierrot Lunaire. It's usually performed these days as a concert work with a conductor and the ensemble on the stage and so forth, but it actually has some connections to cabaret. So we brought in the De Capo chamber players and Lucy Shelton, and these are people who have performed this piece countless times over you know, 20 years, and they don't use a conductor. So we staged it as cabaret, and we take our conference center at New College, Sudakov Conference Center, and we convert it into Club Sudakov because <laughs> we bring in circular tables and we, you know, have tablecloths and a little you know, fake <laughs> candle, and we have food and drink, and we have lighting, and we have the subtitles. And the audience responded to this tremendously. Now they, it was a great performance, that's true. But one of the things that happens when you use that kind of the circular tables is that a? You're many. You're sending a lot of signals that of this course is more the, everybody's
0: expectations
2: are different, right? Because you know, if you want to get up and get a glass of wine, you can do that. That's not a problem. But it's also that you, the audience, um, they have a more interaction with each other, right? They see how each other are responding. They can make eye contact with each other more readily. They can even, you know, maybe whisper something as an aside, and you know, it's not disruptive. So. Um, in a sense, what we were trying to do was both serve the Schoenberg, but also to counter some of the aspects of performance that often uh, make that work more difficult to enjoy. So the audience went crazy. They, they loved it. So we always are thinking about presentation. And another reason for that is that most of us today experience music overwhelmingly through digital media. Going to live performances, even for people who enjoy them, still constitutes a very small percentage of the way that they encounter music. So it's not only that uh, for many people, the experience of going to a concert is less and less familiar, but they have a whole other experience that feels... Natural yeah. to create a playlist, be able to rec- to right. change things, being right. able to decide when you want to start, when you want, and doing it on your own, and doing it when you're out, you know, in, in right. the midst yeah. of other people.
1: Right.
2: So what we think of is uh, is not even framing musical performances, but we think of it as reframing. There's the frame of digital media, is now so uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to.
0: No, no, I understand. You're criticize. not judging I'm it. just saying right. it right. is,
2: but it is the way that people experience music. So. That means that live performance, just simply being together and not having access to your device, you know, and then added to it music that's unfamiliar, um, that can create a certain amount of anxiety. So our concerts are always about an hour, almost never more. We try to really control that. We never have an intermission. We always have food and drink afterwards. Because you know that this is only going to be 45 minutes, Right. you can handle the anxieties, yes. and, but if you thought, well, we're gonna keep talking today yes, for- until, until <laughs> right. I say we're <laughs> done, done. You right. Know, right. you'd right. go crazy, you wouldn't right. be able to right. do it. So the audience knows uh, that they're not gonna be subjected to you know, a two hour concert and uh, the people who come to our concerts, they've come to trust us basically, that we're really thinking about their experience a couple of days before every concert, we have what's called uh, an artist conversation. Now, an artist conversation for most new music groups is pretty predictable. You know, this guest person is introduced. They talk, and they're telling you why this is important, yeah, and right. they're telling you technically why yeah, this, right, why right. you should really right. like, yeah, this, like this, why right, you should right, respect right. it, um, and maybe they play a little bit. Any no questions? questions? Right.
0: No, Nothing. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> right. So we've reversed that. Um, we introduced the musicians just briefly. They play five to ten minutes of music. They don't speak until the audience has spoken about their experience. urge them to use metaphors, to use whatever. you know what did they notice as they were listening to that? And, and invariably, the audience ha- has observations that are non-technical, but that stimulate a wonderful conversation with the guests. And I tell the audience that the musicians need your input because professional musicians at this level understand this work almost in a microscopic kind of way they're this close to it what they don't get but they can't get now is someone's experience of this that's fresh that's new so there's going to be mutual learning but it really has to start with your experience of the music and so what happens then is that without exception the musicians learn something yes and really have a valuable experience but it creates a it's a dialogical Uh, experience, and it's characteristic of New Music New College as a whole, that we're interested in not only sort of the cutting edge, but how do people who are not specialists experience that? And if music is more of a verb than a a noun, and it's not clear what it is, and there are many many ways of approaching it, how do we explore those possibilities together where it's more about experience than about expert knowledge? Wow. It seems to work for for the audience because instead of being told, you know, you should like this because here's how the structure works and it's very very clever. It's more <laughs> the, you know, well it's it's sort of like with architecture. The important thing is to experience the space. Yeah, if yeah, I guess if you can know from an engineering standpoint right, right. how it was structured, but all of that is really about creating an experience. Well, and that's, that's, what, what, it's to that's what it's supposed right, 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 to be That's what it's supposed to be exactly. Right, exactly. and what I'm
0: thinking is it empowers the audience. Yeah, right? sure. It tells the audience that, that they are a significant part of what's going on here, yes, that right. it cannot be done without them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: not just that someone is performing for them and that right. they are receiving it, right. but that their input is essential to the experience. That's right, right? that's right. Right, it's yeah. wonderful. The experts
2: need them as yes. much as they meet the, the experts right. and that's,
0: that's and maybe more
2: and maybe and more. maybe more well because it, we this is how the musicians are rescued from isolation
0: it is not common for musicians for whom the music is paramount in their life mm-hmm. to be thinking about the impact that their music might have on the way people think or behave mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: but you do mm-hmm. right
2: yeah if I had been hired at a more traditional institution, I don't think I would have developed in exactly this way.
0: This is a place that allowed for this. But just because the place allowed... I
2: I know, I know. I have a bent. It's one thing to be interested in politics, music, and so forth, but for that to become experiential or to have some impact on behavior really captures what I try to do in my own music. I have found experimental music to be a wonderful, way to um, get people to experience certain kinds of social dynamics. Mm. So a lot of the pieces I write uh, are sort of like games. Um, I write verbal instructions for these games. They involve sound, usually vocal, but I'm always working with uh, the sound but um, as experiential metaphor. Okay. So mm-hmm. that as people are playing the games, they're experiencing it as sound. They're thinking about the decisions they're making as, as singers. But they're also experiencing it as a social process. So that the, the pleasure of performing or playing one of the, these games is that, that you get to experience these things deeply on two different levels. So um, a piece that I wrote for a theater performance that involved only seven people I now... I found I can do this with large numbers of people, like 50, 60 people can do this. The piece is called Pitch Chess, and it's really pretty simple, because uh, game, games like this have to be simple, yeah. or they don't work. Uh, the available performance space, a stage maybe, or a room. People have to imagine that there's a line that runs through the center of it, and everyone who's gonna participate's gonna stand on that line at first, and we're gonna agree on a pitch, that will be the center line pitch. It has to be low enough that the men can sing it and high enough that the women can sing it. We're going to sing that pitch and that establishes the center. And then we understand that movement towards this wall, uh, pitch gets higher and pitch gets lower towards the other wall. So when people are ready, they can step off the line and they can sing a new pitch. Now if If someone steps off the line this way, they're clearly going to sing a higher pitch. But if another person steps off the line and maybe steps here, they're going to sing a higher pitch than the center line, but But a lower pitch. Exactly. So um, people are, in a sense, constraining each other by their choices. Right. But now the other thing is that the line, that center line pitch, it doesn't have to be sung constantly, but it it has to be kept fresh. Right. And so, um, in a sense, the piece becomes uh, sort of a metaphor about individual agency. You're able to move off the line. You can do your own thing. But you have to be mindful of who's maintaining the center line. Does someone need to be relieved on the center line? Should you go back to the center line and allow that person to to go out? So this idea of autonomy and responsibility is what people are... Kind of experiment with this. There are some very simple rules that people can immediately learn and then they play with that because the rules are clear and it's constantly changing because you know someone else is going to leave and then you have to rethink about the harmony so this harmony is always kind of this cla- And that,
0: that is the other question, I, that's the question I have. The pitches always have to be harmonic? They, they always have to be in harmony?
2: No, no be whatever people want to do. But again, you have like, so what I'm going to show you is um, two like 20 second, 30 second Examples excerpts. Examples This, and this right? is an example. So this was uh, from a workshop that I led at Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi. Now all these people, um, they're students or maybe faculty, they're not singers necessarily. And I actually, I, I really prefer even though I'm fine working with professionals, but part of what I really love about this is that you don't have to be a trained musician to do this. As people will, so this is more towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and uh,
0: so, and it, it's so interesting because within the context of the rules, yeah
2: people can be themselves oh yeah yes. yeah, yeah they can be and, right and, and you know and no you don't really have to come off the line no I mean, you can stay if you're comfortable say, staying you on the line, line. the line you can hold the line as they and say you right You can come off the line numbers you can subtract from the center line pitch right and just come out and move on the grid and not sing at all um so and because if you move off the line you've subtracted at least one voice from that so you can have that kind of of effect but what's What's interesting too is that people are discovering the possibilities yes. uh, that are endless, obviously. But they're discovering uh, how to play the game, like that the, the young woman at the end who, like, yes. she wants to sing this big pitch, so she steps <laughs> out in the front of everybody so she can sing that <laughs> not, not, not pitch. What's interesting is all this stuff becomes somewhat self-regulating because if you get too lost in that. You're not paying attention to what's going on back here. So the the harmony is going to always change. The way the ending works out is that when someone feels impulse for it to end, they start to form a diagonal relationship to the line. And then other people, when they agree that they want to end, gradually they sort of join in this diagonal line. So eventually there's there's a subtraction of singers until finally everyone is on a, is on the diagonal and the piece is over. It's silent and so forth. But that's something that the group essentially decides on their own. Somebody can hold out if they really right. want to. This is something that I find extremely uh, gratifying. Yeah. I've created a structure, some rules, and then they activate that. They realize that and they have their experience. And they people almost always talk about how much they enjoy doing it so it's a different kind of music uh, but for me it's very much tied up with social experience psychological experience yeah
0: it's subliminal learning
2: exactly because I
0: mean I, these people are changed by this but they right. didn't mean to that's right,
2: <laughs> right. that's exactly right yeah, yeah that, that, right. they didn't go into start. no into that it.
0: wasn't part of their agenda right and it um, wasn't
2: revealing it no
0: and they didn't have to do it correct right it's not
2: compulsory that's not right that's right yeah.
0: I'm, I'm assuming somebody could walk off oh sure right yeah. I and mean, that's the thing is absolutely. that it's right
2: yeah, and so the, the
0: people who stay they are changed by it
2: yeah right. and it's also for me it's not really important or even desirable that there's an audience i i would kind of like it if people who learn this just get together and do it so because it's fun to do it's, it's psychological, it's social, oh, it's yeah? musical. It's, this is sort of where things have been going for a very long yeah. time.
0: Yeah, this is the culmination mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. everything that yeah. you have ever thought, studied, worked at. Took a long time, that. but
2: there it is. <laughs>
0: but I, you don't want to diminish it. No, not no, at all. You don't all. want to do that at all. No, no. No, it's wonderful. I mean, not... Not everybody can say that about their life. Yeah. That their life has a through line, and yeah. that it, and that they honor it. And yeah, that's wonderful.
2: Yeah.
0: This is your twentieth year. Yes. And are you having an event?
2: We're having. We're going to have five programs. One of them is is done uh, three times. Open on October sixth. And so percussion. They're going to be in Club Sudokov, You know, right we're at circular table. Yes. Yes, and yes, all yes, that. yes. 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 Um, yes. And uh, they are. We've wanted to bring them in for a long time. They're really considered. Probably the most innovative, one of the most innovative ensembles uh, working today. Then in November, we'll have an hour of electronic and digital music. Uh, Mark Danziger is our first professor of digital media and music. Then in January, uh, we have a group from Chicago, Ensemble del and with George Lewis. George Lewis is a MacArthur Fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a composer, and uh, we've had a, a long-standing relationship with him then Eliza Ladd he's going to be creating a work with students that will be done in February and then the final performance will be in April with wedding ensemble Kate Soper's voices from the killing jar Kate Soper uh, was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize in music two years ago Mm -hmm. so that's our our season uh, for this year
0: okay I have one more question and it is having spent a life immersed in music and using music in new and old ways. Mm -hmm. Would you say anything about what that's like? or What you think about it?
2: I feel very grateful that um, I've had enough support in my life. First of all, my parents were always supportive of me in music. Being able to go to the University of Illinois where I could study with someone who shared my interests in music and all things social, I had no idea how important coming to new college was going to be. It's very satisfying at this point uh, to see that everything that I've wanted and everything that I've cared about in my life eventually could get integrated. To be able to, to use all of my abilities is just great. I feel like I've been given lots of great opportunities, and I've had fun people to play with and have a good marriage. I've had a a good time. A really good time. That's a perfect place to start. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a very good time.
0: When you hear someone say, I have had a very good time, then you know you are hearing from someone who is all that he is, who is using all that he has to use. And it is my hope that when you listen to Stephen, you are asking yourself, am I all that I am? Am I using all that I am capable of? Well, if you are not, if something happened in your childhood which discouraged you, please believe me, it is not too late to recover it. As always, I hope you got something from this show that you can use. Something that inspired you, something that will bring you out to participate in the 20th anniversary of New Music New College. Something that will bring you back, because I will be back. And as always, I sure hope you will be, too. You see,
1: I'm getting older. My hair is turning gray. Oh, you my face and figure. I've both seen better days. Well, I won't be retiring. I won't slip out of sight, no go gentle into that good night. I won't go with a whimper, I am going with a bang. Life's a song I keep on singing, not a tune that I once sang. I just keep returning like some Time has come and gone Oh, won't I please Get off the stage Let someone else get on Well, I I won't be relegated Or leave without a fight No, I will not go gentle Into that good night I won't go with Time that I once rang You may think it's unseemly Well, I don't give a dang No, I won't go with a whimper I am going with a bang Rising from the ashes Every chance I get I may be running out of time But it ain't phoenix we won't give up the flight no no we will not go gentle into that good night and i won't got some tang so oh.